Hi, I'm Tyra G., your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal listeners. Fearsome and generous, humble and honest in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. You know, here we dig deep and we come up strong. We bravely walk into places where tradition tells us there's some things you just don't talk about. But not at this table. And no matter how hard judgment knocks, it cannot come in. Beloved, here we live beyond the wreckage every week. We experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other. We have a firm belief that everyone not only has a story, but is a story. And that stories often need telling from places that we never expect. We share some aha moments, stories that have been left in our pockets for too long. Although many of your voices will speak light into darkness, there is no insignificant person around this table. Each week we start right where we are. The dress code is your authenticity, your inner awesome, and your belief that impossible is merely a word to describe the degree of difficulty. Frankly speaking, with Tyra G is one of my most ambitious dreams, and I thank God for the remembrance of you and your gifts, of ideas, your presence, your encouragement. They have inspired me. I can't do this show without you. Thank you so much. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia. Cablecasts on Cox and Verizon Fios. Channel 37 and Comcast Channel 27 in Reston. And we are webcasts worldwide on the internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday evening at 8 o'clock. Should you miss us, no worries. You can hear Frankly Speaking with Tyra G podcast wherever you listen to yours, your favorites. And if you feel like connecting with me offline, you know, That's easy. I've enjoyed the comments coming in. Just email me at Tyra, tyragarlington.com. Thank you so very much for tuning in. And thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm listening. For five years, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G has been telling thematic stories to touch the mind, the heart, and the spirit. They've been multicultural and intergenerational, educational and inspirational. And they've been told by you, my cohorts, my listeners, thank you again so much. Today, we're living in an ongoing season of uncertainty and unrest. We have all been touched by a fresh sense of fragility in ourselves and in our social systems. This is a testing time. This is a time to accept that empathy is unlimited. This is a time to realize that you're doing better than you think you are. This is a time to elevate voices of hope. This is a time to reimagine what's essential 
This is a time for believers to remember the author of Genesis is also the author of Revelation, and he is still in the miracle business. This is a time to be encouraged, and this is a time to serve. However, on occasion, in order to survive, in order to serve, we're challenged to encourage ourselves. Sometimes we have to silence the voice inside of us that says, if, if only. The voice that asks, am I enough to do what I was created to do? By the way, the answer to this question is a resounding yes. However, in those moments, we must also dig deep, renew and reposition ourselves to give, to give our gifts and talents that accompanied our creation. Today I affirm you in creating our common thought space. I turn to one of my favorite life coaches and authors, Diana Von Sant from her book Until Today, published in 2000. And I quote, the greatest service I can offer is accepting the value and importance of who I am and where I am in life. You're exactly who you are because you, who you are is important. Everything you are is valuable and important. You're important to yourself and to everyone else. If you were not exactly who you are, Somebody very important would be missing from the experience of life. You're exactly where you are because all that you have to give and receive is right where you are now. Where you are now is valuable and important. Everything you know is needed right where you are. If you were over here or over there, there would be a big void right where you are now. You've gone through all that you've been through because of who you are, because of what you needed to know. Everything you've done and been through is valuable and important. In order to be who you are, to know what you know, to be where you are at this moment, you needed to go through what you went through. Who you are, where you are, what you know gives you value much you believe in who you are, serve where you are, and use what you know can make a big difference in who you become, where you go, and what you do when you get to the next place. My guests today affirm that they know who they are. They know what gives them value and how they must do life as a result. They're committed to walk in their worthiness and deliver service above self. And as you receive their stories, I know you will be, as I have been, inspired. I offer introductions of Mish Peters and Sam Macharia. I hope I got that right, Sam. I want to <laughs> welcome them to the Frankly Speaking table. Now, you all know, anytime I have two people that know one another... I asked them to introduce themselves, not as a resume, but let you know their why, why and how they arrived at this journey. I forgot to ask before, which one of you will, renew, will introduce first? 
I will go ahead and I'll introduce Sam. Okay, this is Mish introducing Sam. All right, hi everybody. This is Mish, and I am here to introduce my brother from another mother, Sam, <laughs> who grew up in rural uh, Kenya, just outside of Nakuru. Uh, he had a fascinating life where he earned a track scholarship where he studied at Hawaiian Pacific University. Then he came to the United States to serve in the U.S. Army and is now a contractor working in the world of finance. He's married to a lovely wife named Edith. He has two beautiful children, uh, two daughters. Um, and what I think means the most to me in Sam and something I admire the most is he is a warrior for the women and the unborn children. Oh, I love Kenya. that. Say and it again. He warrior. is a warrior yes. for the women and the unborn children in Kenya with what he's doing. Oh. And he really just has a heart of gold. We like hearts of gold here. We do. Sam, how do you feel about what she said about you? <laughs> yeah, very kind of me to to introduce me. Um, whenever you're ready, I can introduce Mish as well. I am ready. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm here to introduce Mish, uh, Miss Peters. I also call her a sister from another mother. Born. <laughs> uh, Born and raised in Northern Virginia, a school teacher, but most importantly, a humanitarian at heart. Mm. Someone has a passion of serving humanity, and not only here in the U.S., but also in the continent of Africa. Yes. Um, somebody who takes on uh, many many hearts to be able to do what she is doing. And she has accompanied me into the continent of Africa, uh, back into my village, uh, to be able to help with serving the community. Uh, more than happy to continue serving match with me at uh, uh, the Lottery Club of Bailey's Crossroads. And uh, she is family. She is my sister. <laughs> I love that. And you know what I want to do? We have an international audience, which makes it also special. But, Mish, why don't you give a quick definition? What's rodeo, Rotary? Rotary? Rotary is an uh, international, fabulous networking organization that allows people from all aspects, all avenues of life to come together to serve the community in any capacity that they can contribute, whether it's their time, their treasure, or their talents. Absolutely. And one thing that we're kind of getting on a bandwagon, maybe um, recently I've been through a lot of trainings as a president-elect, but <laughs> what is clear about Rotary is it's a membership organization and its product mm -hmm. is service. So without members, we can't do the kinds of things that Sam and Misha are talk Misha Park talking about easily mm -hmm. because we exist. Yep. 100%. Yes, absolutely. So um, now, Mish, you, your project isn't in Kenya. Correct. Well, tell us a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I've been on your show before talking about my project, uh, but my project has grown. So mm -hmm. when I first started, uh, I, it was way back in 2007, right? And yeah. I was in the kingdom of Swaziland, which has now changed its name to Eswatini. So fast forward 15 years, and I am not only just volunteering at schools for children with disabilities there and doing dental programs with my friend Lois and Rotarian Lois, but I'm also uh, most recently um, 
was given some land by a chief there with a friend of mine and we are currently building a community a rural community dental clinic and school for children with disabilities which will um, really impact the area that we're in so I'm very excited now I don't know about those of you who are listening but that's big that's <laughs> big one of the shows Mish came on she told me they gave her a goat and that's the way she was it a goat no it's a cow a cow yeah, we sorry. had we had to give the chief a cow oh yes. that's what it was that's yep. what it was and i'm listening to her and here we are sitting in northern virginia in a radio <laughs> studio and i know her and i know our environment and she's telling me about the cow and the children and how the children with disabilities race in wheelchairs and and how the the, the community is so involved and loved and i'm thinking you know what if more of us mm -hmm. said, wow, there's a need. Mm -hmm. I can do this. And that's what she's done, and I call it amazing, right? But uh, Sam is doing, Sam, you need to tell us what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I heard uh, uh, women supporting women yeah. and unborn children, so talk about what you're doing. Uh, so my wife and I, um, adopted uh, I mean, uh, a small clinic in the village I come from, Kenya. Oh. And the uh, reason as to why we adopt, let me back off and say, uh, when I joined the Rotary Club and I heard what Mish was doing in Africa, uh, it made me think, wow, this is an American-born lady that has taken out her time and, and resources to go and make an impact into a continent uh, where she, she visited only once. And I asked myself, what more can I do myself who comes from the same continent? Um, it, 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 it is uh, saying that uh, you plant trees under whose shade uh, you do not plant to seed on. So. For me, she's the one who challenged me uh, to actually go out and do something uh, to my community uh, and benefit more. So now, what specifically are we doing? My wife and I uh, experienced a challenging time in our lives where our oldest daughter uh, went to be with the Lord at an early age of 14 days. And uh, through that, we came out strong and uh uh, the good Lord laid in our hearts that we needed to do something uh, to change or make an impact in the community, in this case specifically uh, for the pregnant women. And we decided to adopt a clinic in my village, uh, just you know, shy of a mile away from where I was born and raised. In, the, in that clinic, um, we are helping them be able to construct a maternity clinic because they have uh, they have a normal outpatient clinic but they don't have uh, uh, a maternity clinic uh, believe it or not even though they are not allowed to uh, uh, to provide maternity services they do so because they are not available services close by maybe about five miles away uh, so that is what we are doing by Currently, uh, the clinic is, uh, you know, the maternity now is building is almost complete, 
and through the process of helping that uh, uh, community be able to build the clinic, we'll, we'll also the goal is to be able to equip them so that it can be a fully functioning and approved maternity uh, hospital or maternity clinic. And I'll pause there so that you know you can prob me for additional questions. You know, Sam. First of all, my heart stopped. I am so sorry for your loss. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that. And I guess I am um, impressed and moved by the fact that you and your wife took the loss and began to fill it with new love. Uh, That's amazing. That's that's healing. That, that, well, I I, I can't even talk about that. I I wanted to um, understand, before you and your wife decided to adopt the clinic, what was it like? for a woman in your village who got pregnant? And what, what, how did they go through that period of time? What, were there any services? Help us understand, take us to your village because we're spoiled here. Um, <laughs> no, we really are. Even, even in the poorest of environments, we're still spoiled in the United States. Help us have a sense of how big the challenge was you to do what you're trying to do. Can you do that? Absolutely. So give and take, we are only, my my village, uh, where I come from, like my home is only like a mile away from the, uh, from the clinic. But we have uh, about close to about five to six miles inland, meaning that it's the village inside a place where there is no transportation, like vehicle-wise. So that means a woman who wants to attend a clinic, a maternity clinic, close by, will have to walk, give and take four and a half miles to be able to get close to this clinic. Oh, my. Um, Yes. Let me me add to that, Sam, as a woman being there, that walking would almost be a better way of getting there. Being oh. that the roads are not that great, and the other choices would be a motorbike. And I don't know about you being nine months pregnant. On a motorbike. Straddling a motorbike on a bumpy road with potholes is not the best way of getting to a clinic. Right, mm. Sam? <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Did they have so, anything like midwifery, midwifery there? Yeah, good question. Uh, there, but not well trained. So the okay. goal not only to provide, you know, a good a, a clinic where it is they will be able to have access to these services, but also go uh, 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 a step further by providing more training for the midwives so that they can be available within the community itself. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, let let me also. Help me also get a picture of this. Help me develop it. How big is the village? Good question. Now, we're talking about only my own village. It's about maybe 100, 150 families. But now the clinic will be able to serve maybe four to five villages. Okay. We're talking 500 plus more families. Oh, that's amazing. God bless you. Oh, wow. Um, okay, you went to visit. I did. What was your first impression 
you knew Sam, you were going to see his family, boom, you're there. Mm-hmm. What was your impression? You know, I, I've fallen in love with the continent of Africa. I know that. But more importantly, I've fallen in love with the people. Yes. Um, Kenyans, much like Swazis, um, are just such a genuine, genuine, solid, family-oriented culture, right? And uh-huh. I know Sam and I joke, I don't, I don't fit into the mold. Right. Um, I don't know. Why, why, why would you say that? I don't fit in the mold. But um, when I can come in with an open heart and they can come in with an open heart, there's nothing the floodgates can't do. That's right? true. So, um, you know, my first impression, it's very similar to Swazin. Um, it was lovely because I knew I knew Sam. So yes. you have that security of family. Yes. You know, when you enter something. Um, we, you know, we tag teamed it together, kind of using Sam's and my strengths together to make things kind of happen and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful place, but it is rural. Sam is really minimizing how it's just five miles away and it's this, that, because it's anybody who has been in that environment knows that five miles can take 20 minutes I in a you. car to mm-hmm. get there. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the people there are so invested in, in doing this clinic that, you know, they're the ones kind of, they're the ones who kind of brought it on and are, are really helping Sam and Sam is helping them in a collaboration. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the other beautiful thing that, um, that is a part of this, that maybe Sam is, is being humble with, with minimizing or not mentioning is the fact that the importance of this clinic isn't just, so there's quality midwifery and quality care for these women that's sustainable and attainable, mm-hmm. but it's also about prevention. Okay, Because we good. know that if you lose a mother in this kind of envir- environment, uh-huh. it's drastic to a family. Mm-hmm. It's catastrophic yeah. to a family. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about these mothers who are you know, up and working nonstop until two minutes before they give birth, literally, because mm-hmm. they never stop, Mm-hmm. who don't have electricity in their homes, who don't have clean water, who probably have very poor nutrition during certain times of the year. If they're, they're walk, this clinic, I tell you, Tyra, is up on a top of a hill that is so hilly and so bumpy, there's no way a motorcycle is going up there with a person going into labor. Oh, dear. So it, it, it's it's real. And the fact that this clinic is so necessary for the prevention of losing children and mothers yes. in the process of, some, of something so natural as childbirth, which we all know as a woman, it's risky yes. no matter what. Yes. But when you talk about the possibility of breach, you talk about the possibility of bleeding to death, you talk about mm-hmm. the, the simple complications that can be prevented mm-hmm. because of quality care. Mm-hmm to keep a mother alive. Mm-hmm. That's what these women need access to. I'm hearing you. And and what I, I'll give a footnote, uh, Misha was mentioning sanitation water. Uh, one of yep. the seven things that Rotary is passionate about is clean water, mm-hmm. which allows girls to go to school when they get to menstruation, menstruation periods, which allows people to eat well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm seeing such a challenge. I would ask this. Is there any kind of government agency involved? And, and Sam, tell me that. How, how did you, you didn't just walk in and say, here I am to save the day. <laughs> I'm going to build a clinic. 
How did you get started? So the, the, there was there is already a clinic there, but not well uh, equipped. That's one, um, and also the the clinic which is attached to a church did not have a plan on how to go forward on uh, coming up with the maternity. So it's just like the way you would ask somebody, hey, what do you want to do in life? They say, I want to go to school, but you have a plan. They don't have a plan. So the clinic itself, they didn't have a plan. So I pretty much went there and asked them the, the question, what is your goal? And I, 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 I have been an, an ally maybe, a partner, um, uh, Miss usually uses the word, what is the word, like uh, cheerleader, uh, so that I can help them find the direction or maybe a path for them to be able to uh, achieve their goal. Again, they have a goal. The community itself is willing to take that step of changing how things are done um, to make it better. But you asked a very specific question. Is there a government? Is there an agency? The, the fact that this, the, the answer is yes, but there is no direct support because this clinic is uh, in the village that's one and it's also attached to a, uh, to a church. So that makes it difficult for, for, for anyone to come in, but for individuals like me or any other organization, it becomes easy for them to help them. Hopefully that answers your question. It does. It does. I was trying to, in my mind, uh, by the way, I see you as a game changer more mm -hmm. than a cheerleader. That's my editorial comment. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, <laughs> what I heard you say is you're offering some project management. You're helping them define their scope, their goals, their objectives. How are we going to get from stop to go? Now, yeah. I, I heard you say there's an attachment to a church there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm hearing you say that that makes the government part of it difficult, or did I not hear that? So it becomes uh, challenging for the government to step in, so they're not going to provide maybe funding. They can provide advice. Okay. But not funding per se. Gotcha. Okay, I'm just trying to get an idea of how big the bread box is, and right now it looks like it's big as the Empire State Building to get this done, and yet there you are. This is what we have to remember. And now, that's, that's one piece. Yeah. Mish has another whole piece, and she <laughs> sat down and said, um, it's gotten big, and I've been waiting for this moment because mm -hmm. I want her to tell how it got big, mm -hmm. and then I want us to talk about the two of you coming together mm -hmm. and the impact and the help that Rotary exists mm -hmm. wherever you are. Right. Okay, so you want to do that? Sure. So um, in Eswatini, which if you, if you look on the map, it's one of those little tiny blips in South Africa, and it's a kingdom with an absolute monarch. Um, it's very different. It's very third world. Um, however, it is... A very open-minded friendly wonderful country and I've been going there almost every summer for the last 15 years Aye. Um, 
working at a school there for children with disabilities, volunteering. We bring dentists. We brought physical therapists, chiropractors, et cetera. We brought teachers over here to America. Um, and it's just kind of like grown as most things do. It's, it's never one and done. If a, to, like that, to me, that's the key. If a project is really sustainable and worth doing, it will never be a one and done. And I like that. It'll always be something that grows and develops on its own because that's what it should do on its own. That's like nature. Yes. If it's supposed to be, it's yes. self-sustaining. It totally will. And so this has grown and developed to the point that, like, the last time I was here, we talked about a chief came to us, offered us some land, yes. gave him a cow. That was very exciting. <laughs> Nothing I ever thought in my Northern Virginia life I would ever do. Um, then, uh, yeah, this last year, this this summer, I'm very excited to say that we will be opening the dental clinic where we'll be offering a sustainable option for the people there um, to come and get dental services at, you know, at an, at a, at cost rate. So normally the people there would have to probably go 40 miles into town, would mm -hmm. probably spend days waiting in line to go to the dentist. And ours is going to be a very basic dental clinic. So uh -huh. we're starting with just you know, filling cavities, cleanings, and extractions. Mm -hmm. But that's all that community needs right now. So uh, we also have a clean water well station that we have there. And then our next phase, the big one, the huge one that's up and coming, will be the school that we're going to be building. And once that school is built, and it will be built specifically for children with disabilities, um, we'll also have a community school there. So some of the the local kids can go there mm -hmm. and once that I'll be you know retiring from Fairfax County and moving there and I knew that part <laughs> oh yeah I mean that was you know it was always yeah. gonna happen that was part of you know that's part of God's plan but I think what was also part of God's plan was to have Sam and I have this kismet meeting because you know in a world of everybody's and somebody's what are the chances that two people would meet that have similar goals that I, want to. I haven't asked you yet how that happened. Well, I mean, Sam, you want to say how it happened? In meeting uh, <laughs> between me. Yeah. Be between the two of you. I know. So I joined the the Rotary, Bayless Crossroads Rotary Club. Is it what, 2018, I believe? Yeah, it was or before 2019. Uh, no, it was before COVID, so. Before COVID, yeah, so I started going there. And again, when I listened to Mish talk about her project in Africa, I say, wow, <laughs> this is me from Northern Virginia and uh, go decide to have projects uh, in Africa. Not only having a project, but sacrificing her time during the holidays, her money resources are time by raising money. I say, what more can I myself from the continent? What more could I do? And uh, I got interested, and that's when I started talking to Mish, asking Mish for advice. Can you imagine asking Mish, how do I do this in Africa? I am from Africa myself. <laughs> I think that's the special part. I really do. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, the perspective so, people, yeah, started, go ahead. Sorry. And then she started walking me through and all that. But it's not just a project per se that brought us together. I think what I identified from me is the passion 
to serve a true humanitarian you can you can you can have a you can build anything in africa or anywhere else but to have the passion to do that is what really uh made me um you know uh continue working with me to include taking her to Africa, to my village, and letting her see exactly where I come from and, 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 and getting the advice about the project on the ground. And that's the beautiful part, right? So we, you know, we're doing these projects that are similar but very different. Yes. And we're in different places of the development of those projects. And so what do we do? We rise by lifting others, right? Yes. And so... You know, I was able to kind of share things with Sam of the mistakes I made and the resources that I found. He's able to kind of give me a different perspective of things, too, as of seeing things from hindsight. And we just really started developing this, like, let's start working together. And then he was so generous and so kind to invite me mm-hmm. to come right before Christmas. And uh, I was there and met his family and helping um, him like develop that project and working with the Rotary Clubs there. So yes, that's, yes. that's always key for me is um, in Eswatini, we have a great partnership with the Manzini Local Rotary Club mm-hmm. where they are like, they're my right hand and my left hand. Um, while we were there, um, Sam and I met with the Nukuru Rotary Club where we're just great friends with Job, who's yep. I think the dis- assistant district governor right now. And he, um, and his family like absorbed me into their family and I stayed with them and that whole club it w- is imperative to the success of this of being like a boots on the ground so when Sam's not there he has a friend that he can count on to go and be his yeah. voice mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the beauty of Rotary of having that network of people who can be boots on the ground when you're not in there now let me ask a question I, I have several but you've mentioned and Sam's mentioned Rotary there um, I don't know if people, if our listeners understand that we've got 1.4 million Rotarian members in over 200 countries, Mm -hmm. like uh, 48,000 Rotary Clubs. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating about this international uh, conversation we're having is to walk into a country, you have to partner with a Rotary Club that is there. Mm -hmm. And that helps with all of the social and cultural Mm -hmm. things that have to go on. So, um, wow, I have, there's so many places I want to go, I'm stumbling. I don't (laughs) know. Um, I want to, I want my listeners to go back in time with me to, with you, Mish, how did you get here? I mean, you didn't wake up one day, or maybe you did, and (laughs) said, I'm going to Swaziland. There is something you you were raised to be. There's Mm -hmm. someone you were raised to be before this happened. Sam, I want you to think of the same thing. I want you to share Mm -hmm. uh, what was that thing inside of you? How did you get here? What did your mom, dad, who who told you? (laughs) Who showed you? Uh, You know, that's such a, you know, my nephew just interviewed me for a school project the other day about what is family and we had these great conversations and it it got me thinking and i and because both my parents are deceased Mm -hmm. um i was young when they passed and um you know you know my dad was my dad was generation one peace corps so he had a giver's heart to you know be in a program that nobody even heard about to be a risk taker 
Um, you know, my family comes from a very spiritual background where I grew up in a local church here, St. Matthew's, where we were involved in going to Appalachia and building mm -hmm. houses. Um, my parents raised my sister and I to be, um, if you see someone in need, get off your butt and do something about it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what to do, then find out what they need and find somebody who can do something about it. Don't just leave them stranding there. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's just a waste of humanity. And so I think that and both, you know, my, all my grandparents, every, everybody I know in my family has always had a very, uh, community based heart. And the fact that, um, you, you just can't, you can't raise a child alone. You can't, you know, a family is one that is extended and, uh, they come from small town USA where you do mm -hmm. need your neighbors to survive. Takes a village. It does. Mm -hmm. And so I think growing up in that environment and then, you know, great example is losing my parents at a young age. Mm -hmm. Well, I was, I was lucky and had great aunts and uncles, but I also had great friends that adopted my sister and I and said, welcome to our family. Come here for Christmas. Yeah. You know, and, and what a blessing that is. And so when you're able to receive gifts, you're, you know, you need to give gifts back. Yeah. So it's a cycle, yeah. not just a vacuum. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I am borrowing a phrase mm. that you just used, a waste of humanity, mm -hmm. not to give, mm -hmm. not to serve. We all have something to give. Yes. Every, yes. And I tell that to my students at school. As a special education teacher, sometimes people lose heart or lose sight that every person, every thing that is living has something has they can purpose. give mm -hmm. and has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to dig deep to find it, and sometimes mm -hmm. we're too stupid to see it. You know, I've, I've adopted this, and I say it frequently now because I have grown into the place where I can, mm -hmm. and it's uh, judgment just seems so rampant. Mm -hmm. And now when I see something, I know it just didn't happen. It's mm -hmm. like... I saw page 500, but I don't know page 1 through 499. So I'm reserving that, and I'm trying to understand mm -hmm. what comes forth. And that's why I was asking you. Mm -hmm. You didn't just, you know, you didn't go to Swaziland, hey, <laughs> let's do this. No. Yeah. And, and the type of educator you are, just talk a little bit about what you do in the school system. Okay. Well, I am a special education teacher uh, for 20 years, and recently, actually the last couple years, I joined – um, the student services team at Justice High School, where I am the on-time graduation resource teacher, where it's basically my job to uh, prevent kids from dropping out of school okay. and crossing that finish line, and also finding the kids that did drop out and somehow getting them back on an educational track so they can finish school. Really? So it's something I, you know, it's it's something I'm just so passionate. I didn't about. know that last part existed. Mm -hmm. Finding those who mm -hmm. dropped out and see if you can bring them back. Hundred percent. Wow. Um, because uh -huh. many of them, you know, especially during the pandemic, et cetera, mm -hmm. you know, these kids have lives that I never even, you know, knew existed in America. I hear you. Right? And yes. uh they had to leave. They were forced to leave by different circumstances and mm -hmm. it wasn't always just motivational sometimes they had to work sometimes mm -hmm. they had family issues things like that and so you have to I, I find them so I'm really good I should have been a PI in my next life <laughs> and uh, find them and then find hear their story and listen to it and try to see if you can find a way to bring them back yeah and I love that I love that and I think my observation through our friendship is 
everybody can't do what you do. Mm. Uh, your gift, your talent, your ability to connect. Because I know the kids, I know some of the kids you're talking to mm -hmm. are not that receptive. So you are more than a game changer. You may be a little miracle worker going oh. on in there. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, let's hear about you. Let's, let's hear, how, how did you get to who you are? <laughs> I wish, I wish uh, I had a simple answer. I guess the journey of life opens up opportunities for you to experience something that gives you a lesson that makes you the person you are. And over time, though, uh, the person that maybe you are inside start coming outside, so to say, right? So for me, I think I remember um, I worked uh, in the corporate side before joining the military. And I remember one time, sometime one time in the military asking myself, why is it that I'm happier? Uh, I don't make as much money when I was serving or I don't go to those school places or whatever. Why is it and that I'm happier and more fulfilled uh, now? And I, and I couldn't pinpoint anything until after I had left the service and I realized it's because of what I was doing was serving uh, more than uh, myself, so to say. And I want to tie it to my time when I decided to join the Rotary Club, when I identified this is an organization that focuses on serving humanity. And one of the, uh, the values of, of, of Rotary is service. Uh, beyond self. Correct. Now, it was the, are those the lessons, the only ones that have made me to where I am? I wouldn't say they are, but they are a combination of such experiences in life that makes you want to serve more. And I, and frankly, I want to say there is joy in serving, right? Mm -hmm. and like the example I gave earlier where you are planting trees where you don't please plan to sit on their shade. But I want to give you one example of an, a, a story where I was a young boy uh, back in Africa. My mom is a farmer, and we'll have people come and farm in the land, and we'll pay them like a dollar or two, you know, those times. And I remember asking my mom, why are you giving them food to eat and also giving them vegetables to go home, and they came to work. You give them money, you pay them, and they go. Of course, naive, young boy, but I remember what my mother told me. She's 86 right now around there. But I remember what my mother told me. Like, giving is like a river. Whoever you give will give somebody else. And, and those who don't have will have. They may not come back to give you, but they give you some, somebody else. So pretty much giving me a lesson of what service beyond self is, I think that's one of the very specific stories that I remember very well that I look back that pretty much maybe uh, have contributed to my desire to continue serving humanity. I suspect that uh, your wife may have something to do mm -hmm. with your perspective, right? 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the fact that you're doing it as a family, as a couple, speaks volumes, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think that helps you multiply impact. Yes. It's, it's that special face, uh, the faith uh, math that we do, the multiplication. Yeah. Okay, so now we know we have a perspective of Sam. We know he was corporate and military, and he saw things differently, and something flipped his script, and now he's doing what he's doing. Then we have Misha over here. It's interesting because they're kind of parallel stories. Mm -hmm. And then they intersected, mm -hmm. and that increased the power. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to ask you both a dream question. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and you can decide who answers first. With what it is that you're doing, following this dream, what would be the first thing that you would do next if you knew you could not fail? I went first last Field time, up. so I'll let Sam go. Okay, Sam, you can go first. <laughs> so the last part you say, what will I do first if I knew I wouldn't fail? It, you, could, you could not fail, yes. I think for me, I would go straight and build a full-blown hospital in my village. All right. Not a clinic. Tell me, tell me what the hospital would be like. Take me there. Yeah, good. Clinic, outpatient. Just come, get in, get some medication, go home. Okay. The hospital is where you are provided services. Okay. Is it mental? Is it emotional? Is it maternity? Is it every aspect of a hospital that you would expect uh, in America if you go to Fairfax Hospital? And not just a place where you're given Tylenol and told, hey, go and call the doctor tomorrow or two weeks later. Okay. Okay. So you know, and uh, we'll just pray for that check, right? <laughs> uh, but you know you can't fail, so, you know, when it comes, you're ready. Mish, what would you do? You know, it's hard. What wouldn't I do, honestly? Well, I you would... had to pick one thing, Mish. That's hard because, uh, you know, everything is interconnected. I do, I do know. Right? And so I guess, I guess the teacher in me would say, I would like to help create a world where every child feels safe and secure and has the opportunity to be the best thing they can be. Because if we do that, we have nothing but bright things in our future. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And what, what I think is so special, <coughs> uh, I also have a, one of the themes for my show, What About the Children? Mm -hmm. And since you and I have talked, I know I've had about 30 shows about children, with children as guests, mm -hmm. and those serving children. And the thing that sits on top of my heart is if we don't ask that question, we don't exist in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and just pushing things at them is not what they need. Mm -hmm. They need for us to stop, look, listen, mm -hmm. and help them know that they're good mm -hmm. and they have something to offer. We all need to be more present. Yep, be present. In the lives, and they need to be more present in ours. Absolutely. Without the distraction of all this other crazy and have us all get together and sit at the dinner table again. And How about that? Yeah. A dinner and table. have real relationships, you know, like those kind of things. I think maybe that's the old-fashioned girl in me, but that's 
that's what makes us be able to work together and collaborate and make this world a better place because without that we don't know how to talk to each other anymore Mm -mm. the whole uh, ability I've been working volunteering with uh, some young people and their inability to create intimacy Mm -hmm. you know without a screen Mm -hmm. you take away the screen and they're exposed in their minds Mm, a lot of fear I know I know we we, um, it's big what whole we have to show, do. Tyra. It's, it's a whole nother show. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I'm looking, I'm looking at the show clock and I'm going, uh, we can't go down this road anymore, Tyra. They've got to read letters. You can't talk about all the things you want to. So, Sam, I'm, I'm looking at Mish, but you do understand the two of you have to come back because I believe in uh, process and not events. I believe in yeah. journeys and not destinations. So what you yeah. all have shared... Uh, with our listeners is so exciting, so special. Uh, We'll just, we'll talk about this as a travelogue. Sam and I are a cottywomple. That's my new favorite word. What, what, what? what? We are a cottywomple. So I'll have your (laughs) listeners look that word up and tell me that they won't love it too, because it's a great word. Is it really? It's a fabulous word. It really is a word. It's a, I would not lead you. Cotty, okay. Cottywomple. Spell it. C-O-D-I-W-O-M-P-L-E, I think. I don't believe uh, Cotty, it. Nope, 100% would not lie to you. I'm looking you straight in the face, I promise you. It's a great word. And Sam and I and your listeners and you, we are on a, a true <laughs> Cotty Wample in life. Okay. I love it. I <laughs> absolutely love it because I believe I'm here to do something for these kids yep. you know, before I leave, you know. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Both of you, you can ask answer together, but uh, you have separate projects. Uh, if, if our listeners are as excited as I am, and they want to talk to you more. Mm-hmm. How do they reach you, uh, Nish? Uh, it's pretty easy. So uh, we have a website. We have an or- well. I started an organization. Ironically, last time I was here with one of my former students, to Johnny, who's also from Africa. Yes, um, from Sierra Leone, and we started a five hundred one c three together called Aspire African Communities. So you can see us on www aspireafricancommunities.org and you can find out all about us and what we're doing and look at the videos and see how our clinic's coming up and our future schools so check us out Sam how can they reach you and your project so for me we also my wife and I have the 501c3 called Wahine International Maternal Health uh, they reach me through my phone or uh, through email. I think the best thing they can reach is uh, maybe through you as well. But uh, um, we don't have a website yet. Okay. Uh, but we do have a nonprofit where they can donate, uh, uh, you know, funds that go directed to the projects that we are working on. Okay. So we are working. So let me ask you this then. Can you give me a, con- a direct contact to you? Yep. And e- I, Go ahead. You want me to send it to you or want to send it, give it to you now? Now. Now. Good. <laughs> um, the, it, the phone number is 301-283-7460. Again, 301-283-7460. And um, you can reach us. It, uh, it's a long name for so for for Wahine uh, International Maternal Health. 
but it's wahine matano health at gmail.com. Wahine is. I tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to find out how to spell that and then I will send it out uh, on my next show. Okay. To make it memorable, wahine is the, it's the word for woman in Hawaiian, I believe. So that way people have a reference for that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's helpful. That is very helpful. Well, um, I have two guests here, and I gave them an assignment, and believe it or not, they were obedient. So uh, they are going to stop laughing, Sam. They are going to uh, read their letters to their younger self or advice to their younger self. Uh, Who would like to go first? All right, I do. Okay, go ahead. Okay, do. You go right ahead. You start. I had a nickname. I nicknamed myself Duran. I don't know why. I'm trying to find, I'm still trying to find uh, uh, what that meant and why I nicknamed myself. So the letter is to Duran. Here we go. Okay. Duran, this is you. Given life by God, all the heaven, should I say the universe also. You have it all within you and not without you. One piece of advice I would give, I would like to give to you is to learn this. Let go and let go. Most of the time, this will be challenging, but it is the right thing to do. But life is an adventure and not a performance. And I ask you to approach it so. Mark Twain said, as you start to walk out on your way, the way up here, there will be much walking crawling, and some occasional running, though rare, and yes, even spinning. But surprisingly, it is the only way the way will appear. Explore, jump, experience, learn, grow, yes, sometimes painfully. Most life lessons before you will have meaning later on, not now. Therefore, you must be open to learning and see your experiences as growth opportunities. Ahead of you is a life of adventure, success, and growth, much growth. Sometimes you go through obstacles, but sometimes it will not be easy to do the same. But have faith, yes, and believe in yourself and your ability to win no matter what. The external obstacles will be challenging to overcome, let alone face them. Externally, you will experience fear and doubt. But these obstacles pale compared to those you will have to face internally. Fear of things you cannot touch, like knowing or accepting yourself, experiencing doubt and insecurities. But take the steps anyways. We all face this moment. It's part of life. It happens to the very best of us. Do not give up. So back up, relax, Enjoy and be ready to take on this roller coaster ride we call life. You're not alone. We are in. We are all in this together. Learning, growing, and experiencing life. Thank you, Mish. How do I follow that? But I guess I'll go <laughs> obediently. So. All right, dear dear Michelle, which is my real name. So um, you're about to take a crazy ride, girl. Think less about what others say and how they judge you. They won't matter. You're gonna take this wild and untraditional route because that's you. Nothing is going to turn out the way you think you want, and that's okay. 
In fact, you're living an amazing and fulfilling life. You will experience drastic and gut-wrenching loss. You will have an inner circle of friends that disappear and break your trust. You will be disappointed and you will cry a lot. However, you will also experience things that most could never imagine. Friends that will become family, traveled all over the world for fun and making the world a better place and you are happy. You will not have your own children like you wanted, but you will be blessed with amazing godchildren, nieces, nephews, cousins that are your world. Being a godmother, an aunt, a teacher, and a mentor is your greatest joy. You have some of the best family and friends a girl could ask for. You laugh a lot, an awful lot, and love unconditionally. And you'll get burned and it hurts, but keep being you. Don't waste your time trying to sit at a table where you have to bring your own chair or squeeze in between folks. Build your own table, a big one, and invite people to sit with you and let them go when they want to leave. We rise by lifting others, and girl, you're going to fly. And you are flying. You've been listening to Mish Peters and Sam Masharia. This is one of the blessed shows I've had because it's dealing with service and love. I want to remind you, 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 you are worthy. Believe you're new every moment. Your time, your energy, your mind, the people who come into your life, they are all gifts. They belong to you and everyone else. Your seat at the table is guaranteed. I look forward to next time. Until then, remember you're stronger than you feel, smarter than you think, more beautiful than you know, and more loved than you can ever imagine. You're chosen. You're important. Until next time, this is Tyra G.